All right, I do believe we are live. Welcome, everybody, to another Break the Rules stream. I am your host, Lev Polyakov. It is a great pleasure to be here today talking about unions with the one and only Sticks Hexenhammer 666 back with us and the wonderful Jessica Burbanks, known for being on the Young Turks, uh, Bernie supporter, uh, union activist. I would love to find out more about you as well for the people who don't know. And before we get started, once again, please make sure to subscribe, add a like, click the bell. The bell clicking is extremely important. It helps uh, Break the Rules grow with the algorithm. And also patreon.com slash break the rules. Become a patron today and you are going to get a lot of wonderful rewards, including a wooden sticks dragon magnet and a wooden sticks dragon sculpture, depending on whether you're a $20 or a $50 patron. So with that being said, Jessica, I would love to start with yourself. Please tell us a little bit about yourself as well as the value you see in having a union. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, love talking about unions all the time, always. So I grew up in a working family just outside of New York City, so 45 minutes outside of Manhattan. And my experience growing up in America was like very typical of a working class person. My parents worked extremely hard, extremely long hours. They weren't around a lot. They didn't have college degrees. So like many families, when the financial crisis hit, you know, the bottom really fell out for us and things got hard. And it was really difficult uh, watching my family work so hard and still struggle to get by, keep the house, keep the lights on, keep food on the table. And, you know, I grew up with this with this deep that if you work hard in America, you're supposed to do well. Like if you're an honest person who does the work, goes to work every day, does your job, you know, you're supposed to live well. That's the American dream. And it wasn't my experience that that existed at all for it's my not. family or for people like my family. And I grew up pretty confused with that. And so I went to trade school because that's what you do when uh, it's not likely that you'll be able to go to college, which it wasn't for me or my sister. And so I got really lucky that because I was in the trade school and I was doing a lot of extracurricular activities, I got leadership scholarships to be able to go to college. And that's where I first really started to understand why things are the way that they are in this country, because that information is not available to working class people in America. Uh, you don't talk about politics. You don't talk about the economy. And it's my belief that that is a right. If you have to work and live under these systems, you have a right to understand them. And that's exactly why I do debates like this and the work that I do now. But I became a community organizer and uh, the response I always got for why people are homeless, for why money is allocated the way it is in our society, is that some really smart people have worked the numbers on this and it turns out we can't have nice things. And I really wanted to make a difference and uh, I made the mistake. No, it's not a mistake, but I went to graduate school, which is not what you have to do uh, to make a difference. But I really wanted to understand you know, the systems that oppressed my family. And so I studied public policy at Brown and there I found that the people that are supposed to have the answers don't even know what questions to ask because people in universities in the United States are overwhelmingly elite. They don't even know what life is like for everyday people or the problems in our country are. Nevertheless, they're not motivated to change them. And so through really intensely understanding the systems that govern our society and the policies that are currently being worked on, I understand. I understood that there, there's no good reason for why things are the way that they are. And in fact, it is by design. Uh, and so I've organized unions in my workplace because I've seen situations where workers are treated like they're less than management uh, and they don't have enough money to pay their bills and they're struggling to get by. And Unions are our fight for survival as working people in a very unequal economic system. And I'll speak to that later. Uh, but my passion for unions lies in an understanding that no one should be treated differently in society simply because they did not grow up uh, in a family with wealth. Well, now I would love, and Jessica, thank you very much for that. I would love for, uh, ooh, Styx's cat is here right on time, and I would love to get a response from uh, Styx on that, because I know, Styx, you also grew up in a uh, uh, pretty uh, poverty-stricken situation in uh, Vermont. So, yeah, go for it. 
Yes, I grew up in a one uh, one income household uh, where my dad was a chef. My mother uh, originally, of course, was just a homemaker and uh, stay at home mom, which you know, I credit her for. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, unions weren't there to save our family, uh, nor did I get the uh, chance to go to Brown University, of course. Uh, here's what I would say. I've uh, I've seen the same sort of poverty that you're talking about. Um, it is, by the way, actually common in Vermont, northern New England in general, although it's definitely not on Main Street. It tends to be hidden a little way from where the tourists go. And uh, I worked hard. Uh, I've been one step from homelessness before, um, multiple times, actually. The baby, by the way, is speaking as well in the background. So I've got an extra co-host up there. Uh, I've been a step from homelessness multiple times. Um, I had no opportunities, of course, right as I was entering college was the Great Recession, uh, the, the uh, prolonged recession that we just suffered through. Now we're suffering through another one. And uh, the government didn't help. Um, the unions didn't help. None of the power structures that have been set up by leftoids out there uh, wanted to give any help to people like me. Biden's not going to help us either. We have to help ourselves. Uh, what I would say is that unions are a really great uh, thing 100 years ago. Um, they did a lot of good things, bringing about basic workers' rights, the idea that people shouldn't do backbreaking, you know, 12-year-olds shouldn't be working out in a coal mine and so forth. Once all of these struggles, though, were settled, uh, unions did what governments have done, which is self-perpetuate their own importance by shifting from one issue to another. They continue to do that to this day. Now they're going off into the green energy land and talking about climate change as well. It's no longer about making sure that people are capable of put, putting basic food on the table. Uh, in the Bidenomic economy, of course, that's more and more of a concern to people unionized or not. It's no longer about making sure that workers aren't exposed to excessively hazardous situations when they shouldn't be. At this point, it's just a grift for union bosses, which typically make six-figure incomes. And uh, congratulations for you uh, to going to graduate school. And maybe you'll become a union boss someday. So I don't know where you would like to uh, start, mm -hmm. Jessica, as far as the response, but you've got to pick the litter right there. Yeah, for sure. First things first. Listen, I know Brown University has its own connotation. And while I was there, I was surrounded by people who were extremely elite. Uh, but we're in a situation in our country right now where the ruling class is so greedy that Bankers are willing to make money by allowing people like me who can't afford to go to college and went to undergrad on Pell Grants and scholarships from the university. Uh, they let us take out loans to go to places like Brown for graduate school because they're so greedy that they would rather make money off of the interest rates. Uh, and I'm in a lot of debt for going to school. Uh, and I, I plan on using the education I got there for situations precisely like this. I don't think she went to Brown University is uh, a reason to right off the bat try and discredit someone. So let's let's start there. Um, how, how is it discrediting you would be my question. I'm just pointing out that you had an opportunity that a lot of other people in that same situation didn't have. Yet you're saying uh, I can take you through some union boss salaries, by the way. I've got a tab open on the side if you would like. It's my understanding, and I think this is best for the debate structure, that we each have a, a time to speak now and crosstalk comes next. Is that right, Lev? That is right, Jessica. So uh, we are going to stick to that. If there are certain quick quips that either you or Styx wants to do in certain points, I wouldn't be as fully opposed to that, as long as it's not something that takes away from the overall structure that you guys have a certain amount of time to uh, speak in the back and forth. So we can avoid that part altogether, sticks if that's all right with you, and just have like a standard Jessica says, then you say, and then maybe later on more of those quips can be added for a more general uh, back and forth without that kind of structure. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, how long are we sticking to for a uh, couple minutes? Or Yeah, I would say maybe uh, 15 minutes for a more generalized she responds, you respond, and uh, let's go from there. And also, don't forget, we're doing super chats at the end, so everybody sneed those super chats. That's going to be in the last 10 minutes. So anyway, Jessica, uh, let's, uh, let's keep going with uh, your response then. Yeah, right. So the Brown University comment paired with the, well, I had to work really hard is, you know, I had to work very hard as well. I paid my bills as a bartender. 
you know, I've been close to homelessness before. Uh, so let's avoid, uh, you know, that kind of thinking. When it comes to unions in our country right now, I'm going to start with the fact that our economic system is not set up so everyday people can experience basic human rights. So our country was founded by people uh, who pillaged and brutalized nations. They took land and resources by force. And through generations, they've passed down that wealth to their family members. And that is who has wealth in our society today. 70% of all wealth in our society is still controlled by the top 10% of people. The current economic system we have is one that is controlled by private owners for profit. That's the very definition of capitalism. A lot of people will try and distract you and talk about markets. That's not what capitalism is. There are markets in many different kinds of economies. Capitalism is precisely when the means of production, land, labor, resources are controlled by private owners, and they've done nothing to be the people who should be controlling those resources and directing our labor. They haven't been elected. And for some reason, we don't question this. We don't apply democratic principles when we think about our economic system. And the consequence of a system like this is if you were not born in one of these families that is controlling our economy, you've got no choice but to sell your labor to someone else to survive. You need to pay your bills because right now you don't have an option of going off and living in the woods and starting from scratch because the land is either public land and it's owned by the state and you can't live on it uh, or you can't live off of it because the land that homeless people live on is not land where you can grow food or, or raise you know, agriculture, raise hogs or cows. You can't feed yourself. So people are forced to become renters, to purchase homes from the capitalist class. They're forced to sell their labor to buy food. They're forced to sell their labor to keep electricity, uh, water running. And so is that fair? Are you free if your choice is to sell your labor for a wage to someone else just to survive? I would say the answer to that is very simple, and it's, it's no. And people get stuck in situations of exploitation because of the system we have. So if you are someone who directs labor, who owns a lot of wealth, you own corporations and you employ people, you can very easily offer someone a wage that is far less than their labor is, work, uh, is worth. So when they do work, let's say, you know, I'm, I'm making something, we'll call it widgets. I make five an hour. The person who owns the company uh, gets to take all of the things that I make within that hour. Let's say, uh, each widget is sold for $10 an hour and I'm paid $10 an hour. Now he's making $50 an hour. Let's take out all of the input costs for what he's paid, you know, for the land, what he pays for the tools and machinery of the business. And let's say he's profiting, you know, let's say $20. He is making so much money off of my labor simply because he is the person who owns the tools, machinery, and land. And if we rewind, is being the guy who came here first with the guns and with the power, who killed people and who took land and resources, is that a good reason for him to be able to control people's labor and pay them less than the value of their labor's worth? So that's the situation we're in in our country right now, where people don't have basic economic freedoms. And I don't think we're in a place where the people in power are going to wake up day, one day and change this. And I also know that everywhere else, economic inequality has gotten as bad as it is in the United States, there's been a civil war. And so short of violence, the way that we set this right is workers coming together and fighting the bosses who are in an unjust position of power and demanding that they're paid what their labor is worth and they have a say in how their labor is directed and resources and tools are used. I noticed that, that Sticks pointed to Yes, unions have had some good wins throughout history, and that's true. We wouldn't have, you know, the five-day work week if it weren't for unions. We wouldn't have gotten rid of child labor in the United States if it weren't for unions. Because of unsafe working conditions in warehouses where there were fires in factories where shirtwaist workers, people who make clothing and garments, were working, because they came together and unionized and said, actually, no, you can't treat us like we're less than human, and people have to toil all day for you, 
when people are literally getting burned alive in these factories because fires are happening. It took people coming together and demanding that. It took all of the workers in a business saying, we will withhold our labor from you unless you meet our demands. It is the only way we have made progress when it comes to workers' rights in the United States is when working people come together and make demands because power will concede nothing without a demand because what's in their self-interest is to continue profiting. And they quite like having an underclass of people living under them. And unions are the response to that. That's why they are our fight for survival. And to the point about present day unions being corrupt, I would agree that when you look at what unions have done throughout history, when you see people like James P. Hoffman, 2018, when workers voted against a contract and he accepted it, he was voted out. Like you can't have union bosses who have never done the work themselves, who are not fighting for working people to the level that they can in their position of power between the corporation and between the workers. And that's why we need worker-led unions. That's very straightforward. It's kind of like this fallacy of thinking that because there are corrupt unions, therefore we shouldn't have unions. That's kind of like saying, because we have a for-profit hospital system and hospitals are not curing people to the extent that they are, they're not uh, doing a good job taking care of people. This is also why the nurses are on strike right now with their union, because they're not treating patients well. They have uh, too few nurses, too many patients. They have patients being put on regular floors when they should be in the ICU, not being treated for the acuity of care that they need because the hospitals would rather profit and make money than heal people. Does that mean, then, if, if the hospitals in the United States are corrupt, that we should not have hospitals? Certainly not. Certainly not. Simple answer. We shouldn't give up on healing people who are sick, feel the same way about unions. And thankfully, we're in a place right now where there's the growth of worker-led unions, where it is still the case that people are dying in warehouses. That is not a problem of old times. In Amazon and JFK8 in Staten Island, Pushan Brown, was testing people for COVID. She was not a healthcare worker. She was a regular warehouse worker and was asked by her boss to test the workers without PPE, without gloves for COVID as they were coming in and out of the warehouse. And she died. And so you have Amazon workers dying every day in those warehouses. And now they have a union that is worker-led. It was started by the workers. It started with collective action from the workers with direct action with a walkout in that very warehouse and when you have people leading a union who are the workers and who are setting up democratic structures so that workers demands can be met, can be met and negotiations can happen that is good to answer the question are unions good uh that is how uh, we uh, have uh, our rights lived out in the world excellent so uh thank you very much and let's uh, go to sticks yeah, that's a little bit to unpack. Uh, first and foremost, I like how you say, uh, should the people that own the means of production really be owning them as though it was any business of yours who actually does? Um, you would simply give those same means to some other person or group of people who are acquiring potentially confiscation, I suppose, in the process. Um, I, I don't see how that's justice or fair. I would also point out that not everyone that was here at the founding or even before that uh, became uh, massively rich. My family's been in what became the United States, for example, since the 1600s, roughly the 1630s or thereabouts. They came first to Virginia. The diaspora mainly moved north. They, they became New Englanders before the founding of the country, by and large. There's another attaché in Virginia and Georgia. Um, they were Masons and brick workers and carpenters and did farming and things like that. Um, the fact that they happened to be here hundreds of years ago did not mean they simply took up arms, killed a bunch of Native Americans and took their land and became rich thereby. And everyone else who came later all of a sudden uh, was poor. Uh, try telling that to any Italian business leader whose family came over sometime in the 19th century. Uh, I chuff at that slightly because, for instance, I look at my own per particular life. I'm not going to use these broad sweeping socialist style examples. I'm going to use myself as an example. I was born poor. We were in the lower end of the working class, one income home. No union, no nothing like that. Father's a chef. Mother stays at home later on, uh, cleans houses. I thought we were rich because she was making a fairly decent wage at the time. 
possibly under the table, hint, hint. Uh, I have managed to put together a six-figure salary. I'm doing fairly well. I've paid my debt down. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm self-employed. That didn't come from privilege. It didn't come from this mythology that the fact that I have white skin or I'm male made me rich. It came despite everything being against me. The government, when I, when I first started making money, for example, this isn't unions, but unions are a microcosm of the same function of government. Um, I was surprised to learn that I owed considerable amounts of money to the government simply because I had self-employed income. I guess if I had been in a union, I would have kept more of my own salary. I would like to say this as well. We're uh, going to cover this. Since you had a bit of a monologue, I figure I can go through some of this. Assuming I can get my mouse to work because the cat did uh, knock it down at one point. Well, that is Oops. a cat. Let's be fair. Cats do not like mice. Yeah. I, I uh, oh, For the love of Christ. Well, I was going to take you through the uh, salaries of union leaders over here, but my mouse has stopped working entirely. So uh, if you'll just give me a second, I'll try to fix this. While Six is fixing it, I want to remind everybody, please drop a like, add a subscription, subscribe to Break the Rules, press the bell button. Thanks, the bell Kitty. is extremely important. And also, don't forget to see <clears throat> those super chats. We're going to be doing super chats in the last 10 minutes of the broadcast. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We're also on Rumble live streaming on rumble or also live streaming on odyssey as well check out the break the rules discord for all the people here who use there discord is. there is a btr discord so be sure to check that out and lastly patreon.com slash break the rules become a patron today sticks are you all set yes i literally had to bend down to use my laptop's own uh, uh mouse pad uh here are some uh, facts and figures with regards to how much union leaders make my apologies if i look completely derpy right now but my uh Mouse has been destroyed by the cat. Terrence O'Sullivan, general president of Laborers National Headquarters, made over $660,000 between disbursement, salary, and allowances. Patrick Flynn, secretary treasurer of the Teamsters, half a million dollars. Newton B. Jones, the president of the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. I don't know if they make boilers or whatever the hell they do. About half a million dollars. Joseph Sinise, executive director of the National... National Production Workers Union Industrial National Headquarters, rather obtuse, also making a half a million. You can go down that list. It's on uh, wesselsherman.com, and they have a list of those various things. Again, I'll try to get my mouse uh, figured out when I'm no longer talking here. Uh, here's what I would point out, and it's quite clear. It's quite easy to understand. You're talking about unions, and you're talking about some of the things that they've done in the past that are positive. I grant that. I have no problem with that fact. You're then admitting that unions now have become corrupted and led by uh, corporate structures themselves and are a bunch of grifters and they should be led by employees themselves. What methodology do you think possibly could exist to keep the big money out of unions? I mean, we can look at the ALU, for example. <clears throat> The Amazon labor union. They're not taking big money from anybody. They're taking donations from working people across the country who are inspired by them. They're not taking money from the establishment. They're led by their workers. And uh, what would you say about the right to work, for instance, in certain states? Let's say that I join a company, a factory or whatever it happens to be, corporation, and uh, I, I want to weld uh, things. I'm going to become a metal welder. And there's a union involved with the factory there. The employer wants to hire me. I don't want to be part of a union. I don't want to pay dues. I don't give a shit about the union. I don't have any problem with just working on my own. Do you believe that my individual liberty to work a job should be hazarded because I don't want to pay into a union that might have political leanings, endorsing candidates, et cetera? I believe regardless of workers' uh, understanding of the importance of unions, their individual liberty to not have their labor exploited should be their right. And so, so they'll be exploited by the union them. instead of the corporation. We can't fault them for, for not having the education to understand that it's in their self-interest. Like you, those, those coal miners out there with their associate's degrees are so much less than you. You must make the decision for them. I'm simply That's asking if I someone said. who wants to work on an oil rig or in a coal mine or something, if they don't have any problem with it, they understand I'll be under hazardous conditions, I'm making good money, but there are problems potentially with the job, with my health or whatever. Should they have the right to work at that business 
and not be coerced into paying union dues, number one, and number two, knowing those union dues may go to a political affiliation they don't support. Because that is their individual liberty. There are states that have codified this. You said unions exploit people. Can you describe how? The union is taking dues from a person that doesn't wish to be part of the union. In some states, unfortunately, they have no choice. How is that not exploitative when the union is funding political candidates? Of one also- stripe or another, imagine imagine you've got an energy union. They support uh, down ballot. They support entirely Republican candidates. Do you think that some Democrat should have to show up to work every day and pay union dues, whatever percentage that is, to uh, fund John McCain and his reelection bid? All right. So let's say unions should not donate to Democrats or Republicans. Let's say I I agree with you. I don't like Democrats or Republicans. But that's not the way that it works. So why should they be coerced? No, it's not. Unions do donate. This is the exact fallacy of like some hospitals are profit driven. Therefore, we should never have hospitals just because some unions are corrupt doesn't mean unions as a as a system for workers. No, we're to talking about states. No, right now we're talking about the right to work. Do you support the ability of an individual to go in and opt out of joining that union? In New York right now, getting a taxi medallion costs a million dollars. Did you know that? Just to be a taxi driver in New York, the union there will gladly cover it, but you have to join the union in order to get the cost covered. It's it's rigged. It's it's a grift. It's just a, it's just a way for them to make money and keep a monopoly, and the government enshrines it. How is this not how is this not the same case with most unions, not even some? I don't care about a handful of Starbucks workers that decided that they won't show up to work because they're not getting enough pay or they're not getting enough soy in their in their latte. That doesn't bother me. If they want to unionize, uh, go ahead. Who cares? I'm just saying, does a person have the right to show up for work and not join in the grift, not fund the candidate? not fund the six-figure salary of some union boss? Why should they not be able to weld metal or, or unfold cardboard without having to join a fucking union? Listen, here's the thing. If you're a worker and you're working in a unionized business, you're benefiting from the work that's been done by the union. They've collectively bargained for higher wages and better benefits. And so even if you come in and you don't want to join the union, your salary and your quality of work will be higher because they have a union. Therefore, when you join a business that is unionized, you will be in the union. The right so to it's work like mafia laws. protection. So it's like mafia protection money. You're paying not to have no. those kneecaps broken. You're benefiting. You just don't have a, a choice but to benefit. It would be really, really unfortunate if you weren't to pay us that 10% on whatever you're making. And you better make sure the books are balanced. It's the same fucking thing. It's basically like taking the American mafia and extrapolating it into a business situation in order to go more mainstream it's odd because the Teamsters have been involved with the mafia before. I wonder where they got these ideas from. So they got Would Jimmy you like Hoffa. Me to respond? Yeah. Because every time I respond, you interrupt me. So I'm just going to let you keep talking. Well, you had like a 17 minute. You, you had like a 17 minute monologue. So I'm just getting my. my but if you're asking. To, to, okay, wait, wait, hold on. To be fair, oh, then, there was. The, yeah, there was a back and forth happening right now. If uh, Jessica, you want to keep going with uh, having like uh, maybe one or two minute responses, both for you and Sticks, I think we can definitely uh, stick to that uh, as well. Yeah. But I was kind of liking the back and forth. I thought that you and uh, Sticks were let's talking pretty well here. I'm really not enjoying being asked questions that I don't have time to answer. So let's just let Sticks filibuster for a Please while. Please answer. Please answer. There's no filibuster here. This isn't the Senate. All right. So to say that unions are operating like mobs is a a little ridiculous to put that on all unions. It is the same logical fallacy that I'll keep pointing out that just because some hospitals are presently corrupt, it doesn't mean hospitals as a concept and hospitals in practice don't help people. There are plenty of hospitals that are run without profit motives that do good work in healing people. Likewise, there are plenty of unions that do good work protecting their workers. It is not something that is inherently exploitative to have people pay in to a pool, uh, to have that money go towards things that collectively benefit them. This is what happens in unionized workplaces. And so to frame this as someone is losing individual liberty by having the option to not join a union is forgetting the bigger picture that the unions negotiated and collectively bargained for better working conditions that all employees at that place benefit from. And they need dues to operate so that they don't take money from corrupt other sources, like you're saying unions getting donations from political campaigns or from oh, the opposite. parties. Uh, 
I'm well, sorry. Let's, uh, well, well, let's rewind here a little bit because there was a specific question that Sticks asked you regarding whether you think that people should have a right not to join a union. I think that is the core uh, thing that uh, should be discussed here. So uh, I, Jessica, I just think, yeah. no, Lev, I just think it's about should individuals, because this is the, the sum and substance, have the right not to partake in that union? Should they be able to go and seek private employ at a factory, a warehouse, whatever it happens to be, and fuck the union, I don't want to join it? Should they, the, the fact that the union claims to collectively bargain for their rights doesn't offset the fact that they're paying some bigwig six figures to do the representing in the back boardroom. It doesn't offset the fact that they may have political endorsements, they may be funding political candidates, etc. They may be doing other forms of activism. It doesn't have anything. Those things are meaningful. Let's not even look at the collective bargaining, getting a higher wage, whatever it happens to be. Let's shelve that and focus on the political part of it, the part of it that regards the leader of that union, in some cases, making as much as a corporate CEO. Why should a worker a private worker not be able to sell their labor. Your, your big thing seems to be people shouldn't have to sell their labor, not that they're not going to have to do that in the communist utopia that you've got in mind anyway. It's just that they'll get paid less to farm the turnips. It, it, it's not about that, though. The, here's the problem. You think that that's uh, not a virtuous situation. You think that's a big problem, that they have to sell their labor and be part of the rental class. Why should they not, though, if they're comfortable with that, be able to do so? You may think that it's a terrible decision because you've you've got the degree and you know what's going on and they're a bunch of bumpkins with suspenders. Why should they be not uh, capable of making that choice regardless of what you think of them? So this because is what that we're not going to do. Problem. We're not going to frame someone who grew up working class and struggled to get by as an elite who is talking down on working people. Working That's people, what you're doing. it is in their self-interest. Well, no, I, th I think Jessica kind of has a point here. Just for the sake of this debate, what I would not do, I would not put any personal stuff in here whatsoever. So, Jessica, you are right about that. We're not going to be approaching uh, those characterizations. What we are going to be approaching, though, is the question I'm of six... Yes. I, must, I must take umbrage. I'm All not right. framing it as you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. I'm framing what you yourself in this debate are saying. You're saying that these workers benefit from the union and you even had a quip, not just 10 minutes ago. Are you going Biden mode? Well, if they don't realize what benefit unions are to them, that's all well and good, but they should still have to pay in because collective bargaining helps them. It's, it's, you're look, you are, if not looking down on them, I'm not claiming that you're at least talking down at them and claiming that their desire in some cases to not partake in the union structure is beyond the pale and needs to be countermanded by somebody like you who organizes labor and does the organization thing in general. I just consider that a bit condescending, number one. And I would ask, why is it that workers in right-to-work states are not getting absolutely hammered and working 70-hour shifts and making sub-minimum wage? Why is it that their, their working conditions haven't magically deteriorated into the Stone Age? So let's, let's backtrack to, to what you've said about uh, people on the outside looking down on workers or me looking down on workers because they don't understand the importance of unions. That is me. Uh, when I was bartending... We are absolutely working much longer hours than we should have been. I, of course, was scared at the prospect of joining a union because in the United States, we have a very sophisticated system of propaganda and our education system further is controlled by the ruling class. So people, to no fault of their own, don't have access to this information. I'm not saying that those are your words, that because maybe they don't have ac access to education, they might be worthless or looked down on. Those are not words I've ever said. It's just are you simply are you not claiming that I'm fault. looking Can down I on workers? Well, no, no, here's here, here's what I feel is going on right now. What I feel is going on right now is that Jessica, you are responding to things that are more of a personal nature, and these were things that Sticks was also talking about. What I wish we can do from this point on get all the personal stuff out of here. No more personal stuff, no more stuff about here's how I grew up, here's how you grew up, whatever, it doesn't matter. What I want to focus on is a specific question that Sticks was asking before, having to do with right to work, having to do with what 
you know, should people have the right not to join a union? That is what I want to focus on. All the personal stuff, let's kick it out of the window. So Jessica, I would love to hear your response about that. Happy to answer that. Uh, so the right to work framed in this way, as if it is a right for people to not join a union and it's some kind of infringement on their personal liberty to not. I obviously disagree with the framing of that. Uh, and I believe the answer I've already given is sufficient in that if you are joining a workplace that is already unionized, you are going to benefit from that collective bargaining of the union, regardless of whether or not you are in the union. And it hurts worker power when people are able to scab on the union and join and not be in the union. It hurts their ability to collectively bargain. And the framing that union dues are somehow exploitative to the workers is the same kind of framing as taxation is theft, right? I fully believe in the idea that human beings can accomplish more when they pool resources and work together rather than if they were working separately as individuals, union dues going to a union so that the union can be sufficiently run and it's a worker-led union. You, you're really clung to this idea of union bosses, which is something that I vehemently hate because union bosses have been terribly corrupt and bad for working people and have taken deals that working people disagree with. Uh, I've already said that I support worker-led unions, so union dues going to operational costs for a worker-led union, the framing that that could ever be exploitative is insane as well. I'm, I, I would counter that by saying that it's definitely exploitative. What, what would uh, you say? Let's do a hypothetical scenario. You've got a town somewhere and kids sell lemonade on the 4th of July or something. And somebody gets the bright idea of creating a lemonade stand union. And you try to prevent little Timmy from having his lemonade stand. Uh, he's not allowed to do that because he doesn't pay his union dues or something like that. It's basically the same kind of shtick. It is mafioso tactics. You are telling a person you are not allowed to work in a specific line of work in which you have potentially been trained. You may have debt because of the training that you took, tech ed or whatever it happens to be. You're not allowed to join up unless you fund a union, which is paying a very rich six-figure salary drawing boss, number one. You can say that you don't like union bosses. That's fine. You can democratize the union. That's not the way that it tends to be at the moment. That's number one. Number two, it funds political candidates. Number three, their concept of bargaining might be bought off. Number, it might be a corrupt union to the, to the degree that uh, the union boss takes a kickback from the owner of the corporation and gives peanuts back to the workers. What I would argue is this. When you want to govern things, and unions are a form of governance directly, you have to be pragmatic. Look at it. Does it actually work? Much like with communism, which is commonly associated with people who support unions, I've noted, um, it simply does not work. The idea of collective bargaining in its infancy to make sure that workers were basically taken care of to the point where they could actually live and that you didn't have 12-year-olds working in a sweatshop somewhere is perfectly fine. But like with all power structures, over time, they've become corrupted. They're not going to become less corrupt simply because you democratize them. Then you'll just have a quagmire of people disagreeing with each other constantly. You'll have even more problems, probably, and they'll get even less effective and have less membership. And over time, they've become useless. I would argue that unions in the form that they're typically incepted have simply become less useful. And also that most of the things that they fought for in their infancy, they already gained. They already gained legislation at the state level that goes beyond the unions. What's the fucking point of keeping the unions around? And if somebody wishes to not join one, they should absolutely have the right not to join one. If they want to form a union, I don't have a problem with the concept of them existing, which seems to be a sticking point here. I don't care if people form a union. I just think that people should be able to opt out of joining them if they wish to do so. And the concept that you or a union boss or anyone else has the ability to tell some random worker, regardless of the kind of work that they do, you have to join up because it'll be good for you is very, very concerning indeed. Before uh, Jessica answers, one of the things that Jessica was talking about was that you would benefit even if you were not in the union by having unions present. But uh, Styx, you were saying that there are some states where you are not allowed to work unless you join the union. I just want to make sure that we understand each other here. Jessica, do you agree with what Styx said as far as there being states where you are not allowed to uh, work unless you join the union? Yeah, I've lived in a right-to-work state. I've lived in Oklahoma. No, not right to work. I mean, the opposite, where you are not allowed to work 
certain jobs unless you join the union for that job. We can agree that that exists, correct? Yeah, of course. But it's the same sort of scenario where, like, once you join a corporation, you must accept the terms of that corporation. You have no free will there. At least when you join a unionized corporation, you enjoy better wages, better benefits, and you have means for arbitration if there are violations in the workplace. But that's if you join it. But I just want to make sure we agree here that there are states where you don't have a choice, where you are forced to join a union whether you want to or not. Is that correct? The, the framing is, is kind of concerning here because people, when they join a corporation, have to accept the terms of that corporation. I mean, we could have the same argument. Uh, should it be your right to not accept the terms of the corporation that exists when you work there? I mean, the, the but, framing. But there are, but there is are competing a corporations. I just want to make sure we understand each other. There are competing corporations, uh, but this is like a statewide issue, isn't it? Isn't that a little bit less fair than a worker being able to choose between whether they work in one corporation or another? And I don't want to take away from sticks here, but I want to make sure that this is a very important point that I don't want us to uh, miss here. I think framing unions as the problem in this scenario is quite concerning. Because the current system where people's rights are taken away is the one in which they have no choice but to sell their labor to the corporations that exist. And we know that we have the issue of monopoly power in the United States. And to frame unions being forced to join unions because the workers stood up for their rights at the limited corporations you have an option to sell your labor to to survive, uh, that that is the problem. The problem is that there is a union you're forced to, forced to join. That is uh, I'm sorry, just like not framing I'm willing to accept in answering this question, because the core problem here is that people's economic rights are being taken away. Like this is wage slavery, where you have no choice but to sell your labor to someone else for less than it's worth, barely make ends meet to survive. And so you're forced to accept the terms of a corporation when you work there. The framing that it's corrupt and exploitative to force people to join a union is absurd. It's absurd. If you work for a place and there's a union of the workers there and you are a worker, you should join that union. If you don't want to be a worker, you can go ahead and be a CEO or start a lemonade stand or start your own business. But I'm sure we would all agree that would be very difficult because our economy is run by these very corporations. So in other words, you do you do wish for coercion into people to buy into the mafia insurance grift that is the modern union. They should be compelled to do that. But they shouldn't be compelled to do literally anything else. So, so you sign up to, to join a company and you're talking about, well, there are certain you know rules you have to follow. You're taking a certain salary, et cetera. You have a big problem with the fact that that exists. But if the union does that, you have no problem with it whatsoever. That's perfectly fine, despite you admitting already that the unions are run by corrupt bosses and need to be democratized, which isn't happening quite clearly. I find no, that uh, it is inexplicable. Happening. And I've given examples well, of no, it happening. Well, no, oh, no, she's interrupting me now. No, and here's the other. Uh, there are so many problems with this to unpack. Also, how many times are you going to mention the concept of framing the debate? Well, the debate's frame is clear. We're debating no, unions, things directly framing. attended to it. It was the framing of the question that was asked so, to me by yes, question. Yes, because you, you can't answer the initial question because you don't have an answer for it. I gave an answer. And the answer also <laughs> rejected the framing and gave context. Yeah. If, if I understood Jessica's answer, it is that unions are forcing people, but it's not as bad as the alternative. Would that be no, a better way to frame it? No, that's not what I said. Precisely what I said is my answer. And I can repeat it if you'd like, but I don't think that would be constructive. I would be interested in knowing, Sticks, if you believe it is in a worker's self-interest in a corporation in America today to be in a union. Depends on the corporation, depends on the worker, and depends on the union. But I actually give a shit about that worker and their individual circumstances. If I'm a worker, let's say you've got two, they want to be coal miners. One of them is going to be compelled to join the union. The other one's more freelancing it. If the worker thinks the amount of salary that they're going to be getting is okay, the safety situation is okay, the mine is okay, you know, it might collapse on their head, but it might not. We'll wait and see. If they wish to sign up for that job, and not be represented by a union and simply represent themselves the way I have to do, by the way, as a self-employed individual. There is no YouTube users union, just to be clear. I have no problem with that. You see it as a problem. 
you see that person is making an unwise decision. If they happen to be in a certain state, you don't even want them to be able to work without paying the union boss. I just think that they should have that right to make that determination for themselves. So the way you're framing it as if like framing people in the country. Yeah. The way you've just described what you're saying uh, or what your point is that uh, it is somehow a choice of free will for workers to take a job in the United States right now. Uh, it is, we, have, yes. we have the illusion that it is a choice. And so because we have a system where not everybody has a say in how the means of production are used in our society, people who are not born into wealth have no choice but to sell their labor to someone else to survive. It is not a, a choice of free will. And there are systems that intentionally keep people poor and keep people unemployed so that corporations can very easily exploit labor. It is a tactic to bust unions and keep workers uh, out of power to have some workers join the workforce or, or come and work at that corporation. And they give them, you know, a reasonable deal, slightly better pay, slightly better benefits, simply so that they will not have the power of being in the union so that the owners of corporations and those shareholders and the board can have outsized control over our economy. And so when you understand the context of the system, you understand that workers are not making a free choice when they're deciding where to work at a corporation. And further, it is a deliberate decision to get rid of worker power in our society when they decide to hire workers who are not in the union and offer them slightly better pay and slightly better benefits. Though that worker is still oppressed and that worker is being used as a tool to prevent working people in the United States from having power. But like what if they don't consider themselves tactic, oppressed? Right? But what if they can do not consider themselves to be oppressed? They say, hey, I'm getting $35 an hour. The union's trying to bargain for more, but I have no problem with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll weld the metal. I'll fold the cardboard boxes. What gives you or any other person the right to tell them that they have to pay the union boss who makes a half a million dollars a year and then, and then funds political campaigns? What, what, on, what God gives you that power? It's the same as with the corporation itself. You're whining about the corporation being so abusive. Nobody has to sign up for that corporation. There's probably 20,000 different competitors for it. There you've got a choice. In some states, you don't have a choice, though, with regards to the union. Yes, I would argue the union is more abusive than corporate power because it's compulsory in some cases, depending on what kind of employee you get. Let's say let's uh, look at another individual situation. The only thing that the person is good at, they're really good at it. They're really good at doing auto mechanic work. They've just got the knack for it. They're a savant with regards to repairing cars. They live in Hoboken, New Jersey or whatever. They don't qualify for any other job that's going to pay their bills. They just want to fix cars. But then they find out there's a union there that totally disagrees with their political views and is funding political campaigns. The union boss gets 400K a year. And they say, I don't really want to join the union. All I want to do is tinker around with these cars. I love it. It's my dream job but they're not allowed to. What would you tell to that individual worker? I would tell to that individual worker a uh, very simple argument that the amount of money you pay for union dues is 10% of the benefits you get from being in a union. So to frame union dues as something that is exploitative, I'm sorry, but it's just not substantive. It's not something we should be discussing because it is so minimal compared to just the sheer dollar amount of the benefits you get from being in a union when you look at healthcare, when you look at time off, and when you look at better wages. And so framing that as something that's exploitative is wild to me. But those things would be available anyway. So no, 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 no corp corporations in general are not going to rescind what has already been given and then fall prey to the free market, which will crush them because other corporations will offer it. These things, did, did, did you, you seem to credit unions with the rise of literally everything under the sun. I hate to tell you, but capitalism really helps because there's such a thing as competition. And so if two corporations are competing for workers, they're going to try to give them a little bit higher wage or a little bit more benefits or something under the sun. And they don't want to go backwards on that unless you end up with a monopoly or a trust situation in which the corporations are becoming non-competitive. Look no further than the U.S. government and unions to actually cause such a situation because the unions are going to bargain the same way within the same industry. The only thing the only fix for it is right to work states, really. So I'm very interested in like. 
when you have debates, you keep them very grounded in reality. And so what happened this week in San Francisco is a thousand workers at the airport went on strike with their union because they were getting paid uh, about $17 an hour, which they can't survive on. And in fact, they serve about 10 meals every hour for far more than $17 per meal. Workers were sleeping in their cars. They went on strike for three days and they had all of their demands met. Better wages, better hours, better working conditions. So that's an example of unions benefiting workers today in unreasonable working conditions, which is something that is, I think, very important for this debate, is to demonstrate that just because there are some corrupt union bosses who make a lot of money doesn't make unions inherently exploitative and dysfunctional. It's just not reality. Uh, and also, I think when we think about places like Amazon, you're framing this as if we have competition in our economy that leads to companies competing for workers, that's not the reality of the system we live in. The way our monetary system is run is to keep people intentionally unemployed. It is a policy called the Nash, or the Non-Accelerating Inflationary Rate of Unemployment, NIRU. Uh, and what they do is they ensure that there is not investment in the economy to start new businesses and invest in businesses. They make it more expensive for banks to get money from the Federal Reserve. And then in turn, Federal Reserve makes it more expensive for the banks. Banks raise interest rates on loans. It's more expensive for people to borrow money. Therefore, we have less jobs because less businesses are being started and run. They intentionally keep a class of people that are not working so that corporations can more easily exploit their labor because people who don't have a job are so desperate for work that they will take a job at whatever rates they can get. And the response to that is to have good unions in the workforce. But also, if we are to live in a democracy, the monetary system, of course, should not be run this way. And we just had them raise interest rates again last week. And Jerome Powell directly said that this is because workers have too much power in the labor market right now and wages are getting too high, despite wages not keeping up with inflation. And so what are we to do when we live in a society where all of the systems are set up against working people. This is precisely why unions are important. This is precisely why it's not an infringement on their individual freedoms and liberties when they join unions and join unionized workplaces. Before oh, I don't think a, that it's but, an infringement of individual liberty to join one. I think it's an infringement to prevent someone from being able to opt out. I did like your point with regards, I'm sorry, Lev, I'll, I'll try to keep it short, with regards to the San Francisco Air Force uh, airport workers. Yeah, $17 an hour is not enough to live on in San Francisco. Hell, $50 an hour probably isn't. That's the result of far-left fiscal policies more than anything else and the idiocy of wokeness. San Francisco is a hellhole. Tell me something that I don't already know. Uh, maybe if they got a little bit of actual capitalism there, things would be better. I just want to make sure it is 53 right now. I don't know how you guys are doing on time sticks. I was told that you have a hard out one hour in. I want to make sure we get to the super chats. But at the same time, this is a very fascinating discussion. Let me know. How are you doing on time? Is it still the one hour out or is there a little bit of a bumper? Uh, there's there's not really any wiggle room for me. I've got to make dinner in a bit. Gotcha. Let's do super chats. All right, let's go for the super chats. And once again, Jessica Sticks, thank you guys so much for talking about this. I think this is a great debate and great discussion. So here we go. Super chat time. We have, and everybody subscribe, press the bell, all that good stuff, add a like. Okay. Uh, uh, I can't say this. Uh, $2, and it is a comment upon uh, your boss, the actual name of this person. But out of respect for Jessica, I'm not going to say that particular name there. And uh, they say, uh, TYT employees unionize or sank fight to stop that? So that's a question for you, Jessica, about uh, whether the Young Turks have unionized <laughs> or not. Uh, it's my understanding that our production staff uh, is unionized. Mm. I'm a contract worker there. And uh, it's my understanding they formed the union before I was there. So I, I can't speak for anybody else but myself. I just work there. So you're not paying your union dues? How dare you? Well, I'm a I'm a contract worker, so I am not in the union. And I'm also But you're benefiting from the team. union because then the workers will work harder at the Young Turks and therefore they'll be more productive. So you should pay union dues. So and I know not, better than you. That's not really how it works. I was in a union in the last job that I had. So my position right now uh, is that I'm not full time there. 
So I'm not a, a worker for TYT. I work for myself as a contractor. And I work quite well with the production team. We get along very well. Uh, and yeah, that's not a problem. I'm not benefiting from their negotiations because they are workers in an entirely different department. That's quite common for unions. So the last place I worked, there was a whole negotiation process of, of who would be in the union that we were forming, which was a union for the organizers there. And that's who mm. was in the union, was the workers who do organizing. And we paid our dues into the union. All right, we got to keep going here. Uh, Alistair Rind, $2.99, I think this is Australian dollars. Something like with an A, W sticks. Uh, preamble, $10, Australian dollars, I guess. Could someone please reiterate the debate subject? Is it whether the historical form of unions has been beneficial, whether their current form is valid? Current form, I'd say the unions that are existing right now, that's what we were talking about. Another one from Preamble, uh, Australian $10. Could someone please, oh, he did it twice. Well, that's good. I don't care. Uh, musically Assured Destruction, $4.99. Burbank's argument about workers not being educated about alleged exploitation is circular. Maybe they are educated and just don't want to unionize. And I guess that gets back to the thing that we talked about before, where if we talk about an objective reality, whether you say the framing is right or not, objectively, there are certain places where people don't have any choice but to join a union. You could say that's good, you could say that's bad, but let's agree that that is what's happening, right? Like, I want to make sure that we don't just ignore that. Let's just call a fact the fact. That is literally what happens in certain places. Uh, to respond to what they said, I would say it's, it's common that people don't realize it's in their self-interest to join the union, you know. I understand that mindset because I've had it myself as a worker. Hmm. Uh, of course, there are people who are educated who, who would not like to be in the union. They should be in the union because they benefit from the union. They experience those benefits uh, that are worked for by the union. The same people that you know are quite critical of this notion of uh, like freeloaders, despite everyone paying taxes and working in our economy, they have a right to social safety nets. Similarly, uh, if, if you're going to join a unionized workplace, you're going to benefit financially far more than the price of union dues by being in a union workplace. So, yeah, I think we need to introduce, I think we need like to introduce legislation to, we should introduce legislation to force contract workers into unions too, for collective bargaining purposes. You understand well, that like sometimes people aren't full-time staff at places and sure there should be. I think maybe another union formed by those workers for a different category of workers. Like there's a, a reason why when you unionize, there's a negotiation process for who counts as a worker in that workplace. They want to make sure people who don't have control of the company mm -hmm. already are, are included in that union. So that should be up to the workers themselves. Well, let's uh, let's quickly go through these super chats because we have uh, several here. Incognito, five dollars. Workers not intelligent know what's good for them. Why insult those you say you want to help? That elitist thought, looking down on peasants, hypocrite. Kenneth Turner, five dollars. The point of a debate is to be asked questions and explain your position to the audience. Also, high Palladian. Adam T H M, one ninety nine sticks came to debate, Jessica came to do a speech. No, look, there wasn't anything in the debate that says that you are not allowed to talk for a certain amount of time. I think Jessica did that, Sticks did something different, and I think it all ended up working out just fine. Uh, next, we have uh, Buddy Lee. There are uh, $20, wow. There are no strippers union for a reason. Savvy D, $5. The auto workers union had workers in Detroit fastening lug nuts on a new car tires for 40 per hour. Those cars are now assembled in Mexico. Why? Uh, also, I'm hearing a bit of a background echo. I think it may be on one of your uh, headphones. Savvy D, $2. You yes. There are strippers unions. Like you realize strippers in Noho, not too far from me, are mm. on strike right now for better working conditions. I'm sure they'll get replaced very soon. Oh, by uh, robots, trippers. That's the future right there. Uh, Savvy D, $2. Someone has to lead a Jessica. I'm not sure what that was referring to. Thomas, $10. Union for 10 years. People broke rules, missed hours on checks, and the union would never help with money or complaints. After a decade, my retirement is $97 a month and much more than I'll ever get back. Thomas, $2, paid much more than I'll ever get back. Kenneth Turner, $2, we will circle back to the framing. Uh, Buddy Lee, $10, feminism is a union with collective bargaining rights to attractive women. 
Pale Blue, $5. I got $75 to win this stream right now. This woman is sour, has nothing productive to say, and is a collection of the most memeable online behaviors. Again, Jessica, I don't condone that, but that, you know, this is a super chat and... You know, people are free. Yeah, to say I didn't that understand. One. People, we're people just shouldn't read off a bunch yeah. of super chats of people being disparaging. I thought yeah, the people, super chats were going to be questions with substantive points regarding. Clankers the are supposed itself. to be. Clankers are supposed to be respectful uh, to everyone. Yeah, unless they, unless it's Pixel Planet, then do whatever you want. Yeah, the I fact mean, that Jessica if that we you were reading super chats, I thought we were just responding to them. It would no, be no, no, no. This is just like a whole, just like a list of super chats right here. There is no. Do I need to yes. be here for this? I'm sorry. I just. Oh, yeah. I actually, I actually okay. I have a hard stop too. So. All right. So let me just read a couple, and then we are done here. SMU Johnson sticks in the mechanic example. I think she's arguing that if he opts out of the union, he shouldn't benefit from what the union made in the past retroactively. Maybe he can accept a lower wage now. Uh, and let me see if there are any other that are uh, worth reading here quickly. Uh, unions are like modern art. If you don't like it, you just aren't educated enough to understand it. Pleb, that's from established Lord Fred of Danky Town. Uh, all right, and this is, I mean, there are a couple of others here, but we do not have time to get to all of them. But I really appreciate everybody needing those super chats and really appreciate Sticks. Jessica being here. Uh, forget the haters, Jessica. They're just haters. And I really appreciate the fact that you went on Break the Rules to talk about this. This is like A plus in my book that you did it. And I really appreciate it. Yeah, thankfully, I care far more about the lives of working people than what incels say online. So. Don't worry Ooh. about it. I'm good. Thanks for Ooh. holding the space. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to subscribe, hit the bell, patreon.com slash break the rules, and also join the BTR Discord. I'm going to put the link in the Discord right now. We are also streaming this on Rumble. Be sure to join BTR and Rumble as well. That is it. Thank you guys so much. 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 Thank you guys so much.